What's up, Freedom Chasers? If you are working at a call center right now, we got the show for you today. Our guest left his job at a call center and he 10x his income in just two years. And he's gonna tell us exactly how he did it right now. Welcome to the Freedom Chasers Six Figure Strategies Podcast. If you're an agent or an investor yet to hit six figures, this is the show for you. We take a deep dive into strategies to help you achieve the goal of six figures so that you can grow up to seven figures eventually. All right, welcome. Meet Justin Davis, ex-call center worker turned real estate agent in Albuquerque, New Mexico, who has 10 hey. extra income in just two years, man. We're super stoked to have you here today, Justin. Let's talk about your transition from call center employee to real estate agent. Whew. Um, it's been a wild, wild ride, man. Um, basically, uh, let's, we have to rewind. We have to rewind a little bit uh, because I originally got my license way back in 2013, right? So 2013, I got licensed. I sold like one house in 2014. And then I, I basically quit. I gave up. I was a statistic, you know? So it's funny when I hear people talking about the stats of success in the real estate industry, I realize, oh, wow, I was a statistic. You know, I got in, I got out, I quit. I didn't have an, any intention of coming back. So during that kind of in-between time, I ended up working in the call center at Verizon. And um, what's really funny is maybe like a year into that job, um, a friend of mine, actually one of my first friends that I made when I moved to Albuquerque, she reaches out. She says, hey, my mom needs to buy a place. And I said, okay. She's like, can you help? I'm like, uh, yes. <laughs> and so, and my license was inactive. Um, but I was like, kind of uh, getting tired of the call center job, um, as, as you might imagine. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and get my license reactivated. So I did that at the very end of 2016. And not in time to help my friend's mom, though. But here I was, I had my license reactivated. Um, I was ready to go. I was working uh, what's called a 410 shift, meaning I was working four days on, um, three days off. And I was working these 10 hour shifts with, with, you know, your breaks, it was like an 11 hour shift. So I was like, okay, I have three days um, of the week that I'm open. So basically if I had weekends off, I was doing open houses. If I had days during the week off, I was calling for sale by owners and expireds. Um, and, and that's kind of what, 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 what drove me and what drove the business. And literally what happened was, by spring of 2017, I quit the call center job, which by the way, I was making about 30 grand a year, maybe a little more than 30 grand. And that first year transitioning to full-time real estate, I made like $58,000. And then uh, 20, what was it, 2018, I got up to 150 something. And then by 2019, I was north of 300K and I was like, oh shit, I just 10X my end. I was like, I just 10X, like you hear Grant Cardone, like 10X, 10X. I'm like, oh shit, I just did it. Um, <laughs> you know, and um, and that has been pretty consistent. And I was just like, what, you know, so basically that that's the, the quick version of how it all happened. But cold calling uh, or maybe warm calling people who have already raised their hand, you know, to say that they wanted to sell, you know, was really the, the catalyst and really the beginning of everything for me. So that, that's the gist of it. Absolutely, man, thank you. This makes a ton of sense. So like, what, what do you think was the biggest change between Justin in 2013, washed out like the other 90%? Yeah, 
yeah, yeah. yeah. And the Justin in 2016. I imagine all the cold calling you were doing in Verizon helped you a lot. Yeah. And I was in an inbound call center at Verizon. So I was, you know, with a headset on call after call after call after call, kind of helping people with their phone problems. Right. So it wasn't, it wasn't actually outbound sales. Um, but I, I think the difference between 2013, Justin and 2016, there were a couple things. Um, I think, I think, mindset and kind of just being ready to step into this real estate thing. I think I was more ready in 2016. And then, you know, you know how they have that little, like, uh, that little picture of success where they say, okay, straight line, this is what you think success looks like. And then you have like the swirly line and like what success actually looks like. That was me because I think in a really weird way, I needed that call center job to prepare for real estate because here's what happened. This is what I started thinking to myself while in the meantime, listening to a ton of podcasts, listening to a ton of like bigger pockets and listening to a ton of Grant Cardone stuff. Um, I was like feeding myself all this real estate gasoline, right? And um, kind of like, you know, hopefully like this podcast might be to someone, you know? Um, so, so, Throughout that process of being on the phones, I started to kind of play a game with myself. I was like, you know what? Why don't I treat these conversations like they're higher stakes? And so, for example, when I was on the phone with someone and they were like, you know, hey, I'm having a problem with my phone, blah, blah, blah. I was like, hey, well, why don't we upgrade you? Uh, why don't we get you into something new, blah, blah, blah. And because and we would be incentivized at the call center to, to, to upgrade people. So I was like, you know what? Why don't I imagine that if I get this upgrade, I'm getting a, a real estate commission, like something that I would actually be excited about. Uh, and so I kind of started to treat these conversations like they were higher stakes. And I just took, I took those skills that I learned at Verizon and just applied them on the phone for real estate. And I was like, you know what? I'm doing this for another company. I'm sitting here servicing Verizon's customers. I'm like, why not um, start building my own business where I'm going to be on the phone all day anyway. You know, that's what real estate is. It's conversations. I was on the phone 11 hours a day at Verizon. And I was like, you know what? Why don't I do this for my own business and kind of increase my value in the marketplace, which, which is what happened, you know, and, and, and lev put myself in a higher leverage position as opposed to hourly employee shift it to commission sales employee or, you know, commission sales 1099 and, um, and reap the benefits of my own efforts. Right. Absolutely, dude. This is making a ton of sense. Well, first off, I love how you gamified it, right? It's like, okay, so if I turn my job into a game, all of a sudden it becomes more fun. Number one, you start to enjoy it. More. And guess what, dude? You start getting more confident. And on top of that, when you spend 11 hours on the phone every day, man, you are going to sound natural on the phone. It doesn't matter Yes. If you've been doing it for three months or 10 years, like 11 hours a day on the phone is a lot of time on the, on the phone. Like it most is. people spend 30, maybe an hour or two on the phone a day. Um, like, so I'm sure you almost hit the ground running. So let's kind of talk about that. You yeah. start making calls on your own now. Yes. So let's yes. talk about how the cold calling game went because you were an inbound rep. So it's a little bit yes, different. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, the first thing that actually, um, that really helped me big time was I went on YouTube and I was, I, and I typed in something like expired scripts or, or for sell by owner scripts. And I found this guy and I, and I actually, I, I, I want to, I have to thank this guy one day. Um, maybe this will be my my chance if he ever sees this. Um, but Derek Lipsky, he's a Keller Williams realtor out in, I think, uh, Massachusetts. And he used, he used to record himself calling expireds and for sell by owners. 
and I heard his scripts and I, and I used to listen to them over and over and over. I would put, put YouTube on when I'm driving or at the gym and I would internalize these scripts. And it was, you know, it was just Derek ring, ring, ring. Hi, this is Derek Lipsky, <laughs> Derek Lipsky with Keller Williams Realty. And he would say, Hey, I saw that your home just come off, came off the market. I'm curious to see what are your plans for getting the house back on the market and getting it sold. And then he would kind of, you know, lead the conversation into, Hey, let's, let's be, let's make an appointment. You know, let's, let's talk about this. Um, and, and I internalized those scripts and started using them. And then I started to add little twists of my own because what I learned in the call center was, you know, don't be so robotic and have human conversations and, and it's okay to go off script and it's okay to say, Hey, like, like, for example, when I was at the call center, like it would pop on their screen, like where they, where they're, where they were located. Like, oh, okay, you live in Texas. How do you like living in Texas? Blah, blah, blah. Oh, I was out there last year. I had a great time. And then you just kind of like, you just kind of like transition into these common ground uh, conversations where they feel more connected to you. And so I think I kind of took some of those things that I learned as an inbound rep and I applied them to this outbound, outbound sales prospecting situation, you know? Oh, absolutely. I think any experience on the phone is going to translate in any role, really. Um, what I love that you did is you listen to somebody actually live cold calling somebody. Yes, yes. Um, yeah. I, I, I did that a lot, too. And, and you know, the, the beauty of it is you start to see the simplicity of everything. It's like, okay, there's really only like 20 objections. Um, yeah. Every once in a while, somebody will throw a curveball at you. But Typically, mm -hmm. if you have an answer for those 20 objections, you could keep that thing rolling fairly simply because it gets repetitive. If you listen to yeah. the same guy doing it over and over again, it's like, hey, he uses the same two or three objection handlers. But yes. guess what? I could do that too. It's not yeah. as hard. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, Very true. So cool. Like how long did it take you to start signing listings once you started going after these people cold? Mm. You the quarter is when you started kind of getting success. Was it about that time? I know. I was signing listings for sure that first year full time. And I, I, if I recall, I signed one of my first ones before I actually quit the call center. And actually, um, that was, I mean, it was, it was amateur hour for sure. Like, you know, I, I, I definitely didn't have it down, but I was, I was learning in the process and like my first listing, I mean, true story is I took it on a discounted commission. And now I haven't discounted in years to tell you the truth, but in the beginning to get my feet wet and to get signs in the yard, yes, I was like, okay, I'll give you a thousand dollars off. I was, I was, I was, uh, I had, I had a coach at the time and, um, I, it was like the KW, like, pros, uh, what is it called? Productivity coaching. And, um, and it was really cool because she was, this coach that I had was really instrumental in kind of showing me the nuts and bolts of like how to do this business. Cause I, I had the drive, like I had the, you could say I had the soft skills to get on the phone. I had, you know, some of those things going for me, but I didn't really know like, okay, what do I do now that I have a prospect? What do I do? How do I write this contract? Um, so she kind of showed me those things. And actually I remember at the time I was like, Hey, this guy's asking me for a discount. What should I do? She was like, um, I don't see if he'll take a thousand dollars off. And I was like, okay, would you do this for a thousand dollars off of my commission? And, and that was my first listing agreement. And I didn't sell that house, by the way. I didn't sell that one. Uh, but it, again, it gave me a sign in the yard. It started to help me to build my confidence. And, uh, you know, I didn't sell my first house either. I'm sure a lot of people yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. It is what it is. Like getting that, yeah. that first listing signed is still a, a milestone moment. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was the first one that I can remember. The first listing I actually sold was a for sale by owner um, that I, I remember I called this guy. I went to go meet with him 
And, um, and it's really funny because like another little, I don't know, like maybe even like a, a game that I play with myself is when I walked in to the appointment, I was like, how would a top producing agent act? You know, cause I really hadn't sold much at that point, but I was like, I walked in with this mindset of like, how would a top producer act? How would they talk? How would they, what would their tone be? You know, what, what would their body language be? And I went in, signed it, we sold it. And that was one of my first listings that I sold uh, from a for sale by owner. So when I saw that check, I was like, oh, okay. I literally picked up the phone, listed a house, sold it. And then I get this check and I was like, I want to keep doing this. Do you, oh, do you know again? I mean? And again. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And then it's funny, as I was looking at my, like, sometimes I'll, I'm not, I'm not the best numbers guy. Like I'm really not, but like I was checking out my sales over the last few years and like 10% of my business has come from for sale by owners and expires. And I think that was pretty substantial. And I was like, okay, like this has been a good source of income for me. Not like 2020, 2021, almost nada. But the years leading up to that, like, you know, good money, good money from these calls, you know? Absolutely, man. So let us, let's talk a little bit about the scripting process. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You kind of mentioned that you like to kind of take things off by flow do you follow a script now is there a uh, conversational flow is there certain pieces of information that you're trying to extract yeah so i know like i really expireds i like expireds more than for sale by owners i really do uh so with my expired calls i mean the the gist of it is hey um i saw that this property just came off the market or rewind hey this is justin davis local realtor, I saw that your property just came off the market and I'm checking in to see what are your plans? What are your family's plans for getting this property back on the market and getting it sold? Um, and then sometimes they'll say, oh, well, you know, um, it didn't sell, we're just gonna stay put, blah, blah, blah. Well, I, then I'm like, okay, well, if it did sell, where were you gonna move to? Blah, blah, blah. And then you kind of get into those conversations of, you know, well, what's your time frame for getting there? Um, if you do decide to put the home back on the market, are you going to go with the previous broker that you had, or would you be open to interviewing agents for a fresh approach? And that's kind of where I'm stepping in and I'm saying, hey, why don't we schedule a time to talk and to see if maybe a fresh approach, a different agent, a different set of eyes on the situation might get you a different result. So that's generally the flow of the conversation. And by the way, I'm a, I'm terrible at role playing. I feel so much better like on, on a call with an actual person, but that's the gist of it. I mean, the gist is, hey, your house is off the market. Let's meet up and get it back on and get it sold. And we'll see if that makes sense for you, basically, you know? Absolutely. Most people overcomplicate these things. So don't worry about it. I mean, it's really as simple yeah. as that. You have that conversation, you know, 200, 300 times a day, 300 dials. We'll say, obviously, most people aren't going to answer. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but if you have that conversation enough times per day, you're going to get good at it and you're going to sell houses. It's really that simple. True. Go ahead. What were you going to say? I was going to say, what I loved about what you just said there is kind of the goal for every phone call I'm in. And like, I'll have three things like written down. Like, what are their goals? Um, what is their time frame? What is the motivation? Like, why? Why? Tell me yeah. why you need to move. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like my script is, I don't really care when I extract this information, but I can't hang up until I have all three of those things down. <laughs> so yes. I, yes. I'll talk to somebody forever. I'll just ask questions because when you ask questions, yeah. people will answer them. <laughs> it's actually uh -huh. hilarious. When I stopped thinking I need to sell people and I just started asking more questions, it's like, oh, true. they do 80% of the talking. They tend to like me. Um, <laughs> Very true. Very true. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I love how it naturally went that way. 
So let's talk about how your career kind of progressed, right? So okay. you, you said you were doing pretty well with Fizbo's and Expires, then you started getting uh -huh. into Zillow and open houses. So yeah, I suppose yeah. those are two totally different strategies. So let's talk open houses first. Um, what yeah. does an open house that Justin Davis did look like? Well, say that again. I'm sorry. I said, what is a Justin Davis open house look like? Oh, okay. Like pre-marketing, well, marketing during, yeah. signs, stuff uh, like that. Some people go crazy. Some people take keep it simple. It doesn't matter. It works. So, so my first uh, closing when I got back into real estate, it did come from an open house. So that gave me confidence. Um, but, you know, we may we may minimize the conversation around open houses just because I, I haven't pulled a ton, a ton of business out of open houses. But... What I do like about open houses is you get to know the objections. You get to know the pulse of the market when you're talking to people. But in a perfect world, um, I would door knock a neighborhood. And I have done this before. And I, I listed a house in a neighborhood that I actually held a listing open for another broker. And I door knocked and I said, hey, guys, I'm holding an open house in the neighborhood. Uh, we're going to be over there at Sunday on Sunday, one to three. And by the way, have you have you been curious about the value of your home? And this was so long ago, but I did pull a listing from these, you know, one door knocking session. And of, of course I stayed in touch with the guy. It wasn't like I listed it that day, but like I stayed in touch, followed up. And uh, eventually I did list this one that was in this neighborhood where I did an open house. But I would say like from the actual open houses, um, I haven't pulled a ton of business out of those. Um, but with like, you were going to say Zillow. So what happened with Zillow is as I started kind of building up a marketing budget, I was able to start putting money into Zillow. And Zillow has been a really good source of, of both buyers and listings for me because the way that I look at Zillow is regardless, regardless, we're prospecting for listings. So one of the first questions I'll ask a person that I connect with through Zillow is, hey, do you know if you need to sell your current home to be able to buy your next home? And that way I get to find out, okay, do they own a home? Because if they don't, they'll say, no, we're renting right now, right? So I've pulled a lot of, you know, contingent purchases out of Zillow with people who had a house that they had to sell. And that was, again, tougher as we went into this pandemic frenzied market. But, you know, before then, when contingencies were okay, like in 2019, I must have done five or six where I sold and then helped the person buy and maybe closed within a few days or within 24 hours. And those were surprisingly, astonishingly, astonishingly from Zillow. And we're, we look at Zillow as buyers, 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 buyers. But guess what? A lot of people have a house to sell before they can buy. Um, but yeah, open houses, I would say were a, a, a very small source of my business. But if you're new and you're getting in the game, you should host those open houses and you should, you should do your best to maybe make an appointment from an open house. Like, hey, I see that this home might not work for you. Here's three others that are in the neighborhood. Would you like to go see it later at 3.30? You know, you can do that. Um, again, these people might have homes that they need to sell, but I feel like the biggest value is getting to know what's going on in the market and what those objections are and just what the pulse on the market is. That, that's one thing. But the phone has been my best friend, as you might expect. Yeah, the phone tends to be. Um, in, yeah. in general, yeah. in real estate, um, Open houses are great. I know people that have built amazing businesses based off of open houses and only open houses. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, for me, like if I waste four hours and I don't talk to anybody, 
Like yeah. that, that is a total yeah. wasted day, and I just don't yes. have time for that. Um, but yes. I don't. I don't want to knock the strategy. It works if you work. It's really that simple. Yeah, it's um, not my favorite. It's not my yeah. favorite. Um, for sure. So cool. I love how you just mentioned how to get sellers off of Zillow leads. Just yeah, you know, yeah, ask, yeah, ask yeah. people questions, man. I mean, because if you don't ask the question, you're not going to get the answer. True. Yeah. And um, Zillow, Zillow has been really good to me, but, but I would say like, I don't know if someone's just getting started in the business. Um, Like my, my previous coach would say, leave with revenue. Right. So depending on what your strategy is, how comfortable you feel financially. I mean, you want to probably close some deals from maybe organic lead sources, get some cash in your account, yeah, get some cash yeah. in your account, <laughs> you know, right. I mean, I mean, you can put it on a credit card. I don't, you know, I don't really recommend it, but um, lead with revenue, get some sales into your belt and then go to the paid sources, you know, but it's, it really put gasoline on the fire that I was already building from these, you know, organic sources or these free sources, I should say. Um, and it really like in 2019, that's how I got, that's how I got to 10 X really. Cause that's when I started spending money on Zillow, you know? Yeah. Just small tweaks could actually, what is it? My, my mentor says small hinges swing big doors all the time. Yeah, there you go. And there um, you go. It, it is so very true. Like just one very small tweak. You have a buyer. Guess what? You could go and say somebody's looking in Aurora, Illinois. You could go on that Facebook group and just be like, Hey, I got somebody looking to buy in Aurora, Illinois. Is anybody looking to sell? You'll be surprised yeah, yeah, yeah. how many people raise their hand. And it's just like, Hey, you could turn buyer leads into seller leads. Um, true. Very true. Yeah. Very true. And that should be the focus. It really should be. It really should be. It's a lot yeah. easier to scale listings than it is to scale buyers. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. I agree. Um, well, cool, man. Um, so we just hit 2023 about 40 days ago. Like, what are your goals for this year? What is your vision for the next 12 months or so look like? Uh, the next 12 months, um, I think it's going to be an interesting market. Well, I had my, my first little girl was born in December of 2021. And uh, long story short, that kind of impacted my 2022, as you might imagine. So, and we had, uh, we actually had kind of some complications in the pregnancy and toward the end, uh, toward her being born, it was really crazy. So uh, what I ended up doing at the end of 2021, beginning of 2022, I kind of took my foot off the gas and I was kind of focusing on my daughter and focusing on kind of getting our, you know, I guess just focused on home more. So my numbers for 2022, I was not really impressed with them. And I was kind of like, you know, okay, I could have done a lot better. But on the flip side, it was the best year of my life. I brought my little girl home, right? Uh, so for 2023, what I want to do um, is kind of get back, if I'm being really honest, like I want to get back to my normal production, which I usually do like 12, 13 million a year, which I'm in a market where the average sale price is, is under 400,000. I mean, our median is like 370 something. So um, I want to get back into that kind of level of production. That's where I feel really good income wise. And I, and I'm, I'm a solo guy. I mean, I just have my girlfriend actually does compliance for me, like for the office, like she'll make sure we get our, our paperwork in and we get our checks, you know? Um, but I'm basically a solo guy. And, um, I mean, 13, 12 million, that looks like depending on your average sale price, that's between like 35 and 50 transactions for me, you know, depending on, you know, what that average sale price looks like. So, for 2023, that's what I would like to get back to. And that's also why, you know, coming back to the prospecting and the getting on the phone, expires FISBOs, 
I've been back on it. Like I'm, I'm back, I'm back kind of in that mode where I'm getting after it. So really I would say for 2023, just getting after it, getting back to my, my production and, and kind of finding, um, I guess finding an equilibrium while, you know, being, being a new dad, having another person in my life to take care of and, um, and being able to be producing at a high level as well. Right. That's kind of what I want to get back to. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's the gist of it for me. If I'm being really, really honest. That's awesome, man. So I had my second September of 2021. So we have our two daughters about the same age. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Congrats, congrats. So this is your first. Obviously, I've taken that much information. How has that ride been? Because that's an interesting Oh, my God, man. Um, It's been been incredible. Um, And and it's also been challenging, a little bit challenging, because she was born early. She came about a month and a half early. So we were at the, in the NICU for a month and a half. So it was really um, kind of an interesting uh, start to parenthood. Uh, you know, a, a kind of a difficult, uh, scary start in the beginning. But, you know, we got her home. She's doing super well now. And, um, and now, and now it's, um, we're getting to the fun, juicy parts, you know, where she's, uh, she's laughing, she's smiling all the time. She's, we're, we're, we're she's playing, you know, and, um, you know, so, so we're getting to some really good stuff, really fun stuff. And, um, it changes you, man, as you know, it changes you. Like I, I'm honestly, I'm, I, I don't, I know for a fact, I'm not the same person I was like a year and a half, two years ago. Um, you know, I've got a bigger heart. I've got, uh, you know, I see everyone like, wow, this person was a baby at one point, you know, you have, you have a different compassion toward other people now. Cause you're like, wow, this guy who's, you know, I don't know, pissed off in traffic and trying to cut people off. Like, wow, he was a little baby at one point. Like, you can't be mad. How do you be mad? You can't be mad at them. I don't know. Like, yeah. So, so def- definitely another level of uh, compassion, another level of uh, empathy. And just, uh, I don't know, man. Then then we get to the, the drive, you know, and the drive of, okay, well, what's my life going to look like 10 years from now? What am I going to have going on? What kind of... Uh, passive income sources am I going to have so I can spend more time with my daughter, you know? So where do we, where, where do we really want to live? You know? So these, these questions are all, you know, at the forefront of my mind, like building a life for her and building a, an ideal environment for her. So yeah, it, it's, it's a huge, huge shift, man. Um, and that, that's where I'm at right now. And I'm still, I'm, as you can hear, I'm still kind of experiencing it and still, you know, taking it all in, but that's, that's where I'm at. What about you? Great question, man. Well, I mean, just so you know, it never stops. You're always experiencing it and you're always taking it. And as they get older, things change. My oldest was much older. So, I mean, I had my first kid when I was 21, I think. My just turned 22. So there was a very intentional 11-year gap there. <laughs> um, so, um, so, yeah, the other one is a preteen now. So she's going through her emotional phases and we'll see how that goes but she's doing great in school and everything's been very fun like for me i think as a dad it gets easier as they get older for the most part um (laughs) for the most part except for you know her little friends that are boys i don't like them that much um but (laughs) but for the most part it gets easier and better you know like i I love babies and toddlers but i communicate a lot better with you know five and up and you know once it hits 10 it's a lot freaking easier for me um Um, so it's, it's been a fun journey going back to the baby toddler thing has been interesting. It's like, oh yeah, I remember this, this sucked. Um, (laughs) it's not, it's not, uh, but, um, 
it also brings back a lot of memories too of the first one because you know there's similarities but there's a lot of differences too like you'll learn that when you have another kid um but um yeah i mean it's just it's a crazy journey as you said you empathize a lot more and you learn about yourself when you have kids true. i mean true it's very true man yeah but that's the gist of it that's the gist of what's going on right now it's cool, man. Like you mentioned, you were thinking about like where you wanted to be in 10 years and where you were looking at. So like, this is a question we'd love to ask here, man. If you had a billion dollars in the bank and a hundred lifetimes of cash flow, what would you be doing with your time? Um, oh man, that, that's, that's a tough one. I think that's a really tough one. Um, I think if I had unlimited capital, um, and I've been thinking about this a lot lately, if I had unlimited capital, if I could do whatever I want, um, the truth is, man, I would probably get somewhere, um, like a lot of people would probably say this, I'd probably get somewhere by the beach, you know, and get somewhere where there's an ocean. I'm, I mean, I'm originally from New Jersey, so I grew up South Jersey right by the beach. So I'm kind of landlocked right now. I'm in, you know, in the middle of the desert. It's a beautiful place. There's lots of great things here. And New Mexico has been very good to me. Albuquerque has been very good to me. Uh, but um, the desire to get uh, to get closer to some water and to a beach. Really, I picture I picture me, you know, walking with my little girl, holding her hand and we're walking on the, you know, on the beach. And, you know, so I want to get these memories in and um, I want to create these memories. So, yeah, so un unlimited, unlimited opportunity and do whatever I want. And and the truth is over the next few years, that might be a reality. We, we may end up making that move. Um, not sure if it's going to be to like uh, the West Coast or to, you know, uh, Florida, that these are real possibilities and real discussions that we're we're talking about. So, you know, let's see where it all where it all goes. But um, yeah, and then as far as what would I would do, what what I would do with unlimited capital, I don't know, man. Um, you might find me in the Bay Area investing in some tech companies. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's probably where I would be. Let me find the next uh, Facebook or the next Google, and let me put. Uh, write a million dollar check into them, you know, uh, that would be, that would be ideal. The, the beauty of the venture capital game is it's a numbers game by default. It's like these people literally, they write $30 million checks and one of them hits and that's all they needed to make 300 million. Exactly. <laughs> well, maybe one day, man, maybe one day. I mean, uh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I don't think I'm that uh, capitalized yet, but uh, the goal is to get there. The goal is to um, build it up. Cause you know what I, what I realized what I realized is I 10 X my income once. So my natural next ambitious thought is, can I 10 X again? Yeah. And if I can 10 X again, um, the sky's the limit, right? Absolutely. So that's, so I guess coming back to, okay, what would I like my 2023 to look like? Okay. It's probably not realistic that I'm going to 10, 10 X at this point without scale and without more people, but long haul over the long haul, you know, let's just say over the next five, 10 years, I would like to 10 X again. And get up to you know get up to millions millions of income as opposed to six figures right mm -hmm. i would like to get from six to seven figures absolutely that's a beautiful goal but i have to throw some props your way man i'm, I'm glad that you took a step back last year in order to take care of your that's kid what, yeah. like in retrospect i wish i would have done the same i feel like i missed a lot that i was too busy running around for so i think you made the right it was just a few, it was a few months it was a few months it was uh the end the very end of 2021 and by the way i told myself i was going to take time off mm -hmm. but i got referrals coming in and i was like i'm not going to say no to the referrals yeah. so but i did i did take my in the in all actuality 
I took my foot off the gas as far as like aggressive prospecting and I paused my Zillow spend. Um, cause I had, I actually had to, man. Um, what happened was my, my girlfriend, she ended up, uh, with preeclampsia, which is like a condition that you can get, uh, with high blood pressure. It's just a weird, it's a weird condition, but long story short, she ended up getting admitted to the hospital. She was in the hospital for a month and then the baby was born and then the baby was in the hospital at the NICU for a month and a half. So I, I honestly, man, I, I couldn't focus on prospecting. I couldn't, uh, I didn't have it in me. I was like, I need to just make sure. And I had to take care of the house. I had to take care of home. So I was like, okay, I'm going to take my foot off the gas here, but um, maybe thank God or thank the universe or whatever referrals kept coming in. And referrals kind of set up, you know, my 2022 to get started. And actually what happened in 2022 was about 70% of my business was referrals. Now I didn't do as much business as I've done in years past, but I was like, wow, my database really came through. Mm -hmm. My people that I've served in the past came through, you know? And um, so I was, and that's what I would like to see also going forward is more that referral based business. If I can, if I can do 70, 80, 90% referrals, I would be pumped, you know? Well, you're right about there, man. Like it usually starts, it starts <laughs> yeah. to hit, you know, years five to seven is when the referral game really starts to ramp up. Yep. So what yep. you want to do is like just simply doing a mailer every month to anybody you've ever sold yeah. a house to. Yes. Don't let them forget yes. who you are because I think the number yes. is 90% of people want to reuse their agent but most of them forgot their agent's name. So <laughs> just make sure yes, they know who sad. you are. Um, and, and I just wanted to throw out a apology for, you know, your wife's unfortunate circumstances. It, it was rough, it, man. It was rough. It, it was something that seemed to rise with COVID, right? So we yeah, had, because yeah. like I was, our doctors told us, like, we've seen more pregnancies that have issues, you know? So yeah, what do we yeah. have? I forget what it's called, like, gastrointestinal diabetes or something, which is like, it's a, it's a temporary diabetes due to the pregnancy. Mm -hmm. So we had to do that. And uh, she was pricking uh, her finger uh, three times a day. It was just a nightmare. And we had to do an early, um, early delivery too, but it wasn't super early. I think it was only like two or three weeks. So I can, okay. I can relate to you, but yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, just sucks. It's, it's great that you were able to be there for your family though, man. Yeah. And that's, that's another thing I was thinking, wow, how grateful am I that I don't have to clock in at a, at a call center, you know, from 7am to 6pm or whatever my previous Imagine, imagine being was. on the phone for 11 hours while your wife. Oh, dude, imagine. <laughs> imagine. So, so I did, I did, you know, it's funny, like when I talked to people, like I had a guy who wanted to have coffee with me one day and he was like, Hey, can you tell me about real estate and how it works? And, you know, if I, if it would be a good career move for me and I was like, well, let me explain this to you. Uh, you know, everyone gets in it and, and I know this is the freedom chasers podcast, but right. Everyone wants to get in it for the freedom, for the flexibility of their schedule. And you've probably heard this before, you know, but you know, the truth is if you really want to be productive, um, you almost have less freedom in a way, but you know, I mean, you're, 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 you're constantly hustling, making calls, you're, you know, you're grinding. Um, to really build a business if you're really wanting to build something and have a serious income. And uh, I was just kind of um, reflecting on this conversation. But in, in, in a sense, at the end of 2021, when I was going through this, I did take advantage of that freedom. I took advantage of that flexibility. And I was like, you know what? The, it was kind of like, um, you know, emergency break the glass kind of moment. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I'm going to take advantage of this now. I have, I, I've, I've gotten myself to this point. Um, 
I'm going to take advantage of the fact that I'm kind of my own boss right now. Um, I'm going to take my foot off the gas and focus on my household, you mm -hmm. know, and, and get everything in order at home. And um, that was a huge benefit, but I had put in the work. I had put in the work for years leading up to that moment. And I was like, okay, I can ride this out for a few months. And, and here we are now, you know, back to like the cold calling and the prospecting. I signed my two biggest listings within the last 30 days, like the two biggest of my career from calls, from How calls. Off the year, and so, yeah, thank you. Thank you. So, but I was like, you know, now here I am, I'm back in the driver's seat. I'm back with my foot on the gas pedal. And, and here I am, you know, I'm about to, I'm about to put these homes on the market probably in the next few weeks. And it's, um, it just goes to show you like you're in control of your destiny, you know, your and your life, your career, your income, and your results are based on what you do period, you know, and that's been, that's been the, that's been the reality that I've experienced since I got into this. And that's the cool thing about real estate is, you know, you are, you are in control and you can you can predict your own income based on your activities and based on the work that you put in, you know, and that's whether you want a little and you want that freedom and that time flexibility, or you want a lot, you know, that, that's what it comes down to is what you want. Yep, can't really end it any better way than that, man. Justin Davis, dude, this is, um, this has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for giving us a glimpse into your life oh, and into your business. And to those of you out there chasing freedom, as Justin just said, you can have as much or as little as you want. Simply figure out how many activities you need to do and then go do it. It's that simple. It's that simple. It's really that simple. Anybody trying to overcomplicate it is simply overcomplicating it. It is really easy. Just go out there and talk to a lot of people. You'll sell houses. I promise. Tell somebody that you know that will help hold you accountable. And before you know it, you too will be living a life of freedom. So thanks for tuning in. And we'll catch you on the next one.